are you? Where are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you Baden, and I'm currently in Santa Tecla. Now this is a town that's 15 kilometers outside of El Salvador's capital, San Salvador, and it seems like quite a nice place. We had a lovely vegetarian lunch, uh, the people are relatively friendly. Um, any other reason that we've decided to stop here rather than going all the way to the capital? Um, mostly because I couldn't be asked. Got a bit of a sore throat today, enough, is that fair? fair? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we came up a sort of bitching hulk of a hill and uh, I was at my wit's end. I wanted to hang my cap. Welcome to the How Are You, Where Are You podcast, an audio travelogue of our adventures by bike as we ride from Jeremy Corbyn's hometown of Islington in London to all that Corey Jane's hometown of Upper Hutt, New Zealand. So far, our adventure has taken us across Europe from London to Lisbon, to be precise, and then across to Central America, where so far we have ridden from Cancun to where we are right now in El Salvador. So where will the road take us? Well, who knows exactly, but we are gonna try and give this trip a good old crack. In breaking news this week, there's been a terrible tragedy in Guatemala. There was a horrible landslide uh, last week on Thursday uh, around midnight uh, local time here just outside of Guatemala City from where we recorded our last podcast and it's taken hundreds of lives with hundreds more uh, people missing presumed to be under up to what 15 meters of rock and earth and dirt it's yeah it's a terrible uh, situation over there yeah um Apparently around about an area of 120 metres by 60 metres, like the side of a mountain, um, just just was washed down onto this tiny little village. And it happened, as you say, late at night, so people were home. Um, there'd been very heavy rainfall. It's the rainy season in Guatemala. Um, and the whole side, a whole enormous side of a hill just tumbled down and um, covered and buried you know dozens of homes and this is a small community and lots of people were related so some people have lost you know entire extended families in this um, this horrible natural disaster yeah if you haven't caught up on this news it's not a sort of story that you should really overlook it's a terrible human tragedy and the scale of it was just shocking um, we only first found out about it uh, once we got to where were we Awachapan we just crossed the border to here in El Salvador and uh, sorry about that dirty smoking bus that's just gone past yeah we had just crossed the border into El Salvador and we managed to get on some wi-fi there were messages from home going oh please say you weren't uh, near Guatemala City it turned out we actually were um, the day we cycled out was Friday the the morning after the tragedy and um, Apparently we were cycling only within a mile of the actual zone where it happened. When we, um, we, we got to the town further on in Guatemala, we were really destroyed after first down the bike in a week and we were really tired. I was a little sick um, just getting over a bit of food poisoning. And so we were just sort of lay, you know, laid out on the bed, sort of just exhausted, turned on the local TV we're like, whoa, there has been a massive disaster. And uh, yeah, it was, so the news came through and we're like trying to work out where it was on the map and then we found it. Mm. And we're like, we've just been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, wow, I mean, it kind of brought it home to us a little bit, but not as, well, it was just a sort of a shocking thing that's happened. When, when you see some of the pictures, when you see the graphics of, uh, that some news organizations have produced about how much 
earth had just fallen off the side of the hill. It was just overwhelming and uh, um, shouldn't really have never have happened. Well, the reason that it shouldn't have happened is that apparently people have known that this um, area is at risk. And uh, 11 months ago, authorities were warned of the dangers and those warnings were not heeded and nothing was done. And now 161 people have lost their lives. Yeah, we and read one woman, who, one woman, her family um, were living there, but she had decided to move away because she was really worried about the landslide risk. And, whoa, man, like, to find out, you know, that you had proved right, it wouldn't be something that you'd be sort of happy to be proved no, right on. No, it's really terrible. Um, I mean, when we were in Guatemala City, uh, we met uh, a guy from the States, from America, who has come here specifically to study landslides. And, I mean, I, I really didn't know much about Guatemala before we got there, but apparently it is an incredibly landslide-prone country. Um, mostly because of the heavy, heavy rain that they get in the rainy season. Because it's so mountainous, I mean, it's quite, you know, volcanic and um, lots of steep-sided valleys and things like, and ravines and things like that. But also because of all of the deforestation. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've been cutting down trees for a long time and that obviously destabilizes the hillsides. And then in conjunction with a, quite a dense population, it means that people are probably living in places they never did before and are even more at risk. So it's it's actually relatively common for landslides to happen in the rainy season and to, to cover houses, but... Sorry about that. But it's nothing. so rare for any vehicle here to have an exhaust. I know, but never on this scale, so that, that's kind of the difference in this case. Uh, landslides are so prevalent here that they... Um, this guy David, the American guy, was telling us that a lot of them have names. You know, so we were saying that when we were down at Lake Atalan, where the bus was going up the hill and it had to sort of um, go slowly past the landslide that had come down in the rains from the night before. And I mentioned this to him and he says, oh, that's probably El Chapo. It's like, oh, oh, something named like that. And yeah, that, that's what they actually named that landslide. Yeah, because it just it comes down all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. We're going to put a link on the on our blog, howareyouwhereareyou.com. It's just a link through to the Red Cross in Guatemala. So if you want to make a donation, um, they need all the help they can get, really, because lots of people, even the ones that haven't had their homes destroyed, have now been moved out of that area and are effectively homeless. So um, they're looking for help with clothes and food and any money that, that you would like to donate. We'll, we'll put a link on there so you can do that. Yeah, it's really easy to do. I encourage you to do it. Guatemala, as we've seen, is a is a poor country, and you know it's really hard for the state to bear the burden uh, and the costs of you know, such a thing like this. Coming into El Salvador, we were really looking forward to the Ruta de las Flores, which is the route of the flowers. So this is a road that winds through mountain villages uh, in the west of the country, and which in the right months, which we're not in at the moment, is lined with beautiful, bright, colorful flowers. There were a few when we were coming along it, but not as many as, as can be. It sounds really lovely, right? Well, yeah, it is, but nothing could prepare us for the punishing climb up the volcano from a little town called Oachapan to another little town called Apaneca. Hola chicos, it's Sunday morning here in Apaneca. It's the second highest town in El Salvador and we're up at 14 and a half or 1450 meters. We climbed 
up from about uh, what 700 meters this morning so pretty shattered um, and we're right outside um, a very beautiful church the San Andres church um, it was one of the oldest churches in El Salvador but apparently in 2001 there was a massive earthquake here and it pretty much reduced it to rubble and so it looks the restoration work has gone really well and there's actually a service here at the moment Sunday and uh, I think once everyone clears out from church I guess the festivities start because it's uh, we're on the Ruta de las Flores and today is the day of the Ruta of the Flowers and so that means there's going to be a bit of a party atmosphere in uh, these surrounding towns so we're going to check out some more of that. We went over the top and straight down the hill to what I think is kind of the star town of the Route of the Flowers, Waiua. Um, dumped all of our stuff at the hostel, had a quick shower and then headed to the food festival. One of the most beautiful villages that we've seen along the Ruta de las Flores, the Route of the Flowers in my opinion, is right here in Waiua. Tough one to uh, pronounce for uh, us gringos, but um, it's a beautiful day and we've come here at quite a special time. They're having an anniversary celebration of the Route of the Flowers uh, since its inception. And it's also mixed in with a, a sort of weekend festival that they have, uh, of, of weekend food festival. And it's amazing, the barbecues are sizzling with chicken and meat and rabbit and um, and I even, um, apparently I've heard that somewhere along here uh, there's iguana on the menu. So even though we've had quite a full lunch, I'm going to have to have a bit of iguana. Well, maybe they're selling iguana but just calling it chicken. No, that sounds terrible. You can't eat it for iguana. We're sitting in the square at the moment. The whole um, party is basically ba is based around the square. And in the middle of it, there's a beautiful raised fountain. And people are kind of sitting around, lounging around that, talking and just relaxing. And then um, radiating out from that are lots of little paths that have trees and flowers along them and seats. And, and the, the place is really full. And it's just full of people relaxing. I think it's people from this village, but also from the surrounding villages have come here. Um, to enjoy a lot of the food and some of the music. They've got a band, but they've also had some kind of karaoke guy before singing some of the great hits. I heard you singing along with I Just Called to Say I Love You. Um, I think that went down quite well with yeah. the crowd. Oh, it was dedicated to you, my love. <laughs> but yeah, the main thing is like everyone's relaxing. We were just having lunch ourselves actually with um, a big family. I found a table and, and sat down to hold it and Baden went to get food. Meanwhile, a family of about 16 El Salvadorians <laughs> came over and wanted to share it with us, which they were more than welcome to do. Um, so it was really interesting talking to them. Um, and one of the guys was actually from Spain and he's married an El Salvadorian woman. And he was saying, I would never eat here. <laughs> we would, meanwhile, we were like chowing down on our barbecued pork. Yeah, he did make me uh, feel, uh, I had an extra precaution about eating a salad today. And lately I've been just going for the salads anyway, whether or not they're washed in um, pure water or not, you know. But um, yeah, he kind of put me off my salad. <laughs> There's lots of people wandering around selling things. There's so much delicious food and fruit. We just don't really, it's like you're so spoiled for choice, you don't know what to choose. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a day actually. And I'm really glad that we, we decided to stay here tonight in Waiua. As we mentioned, we sat down with a family at lunch and people have just been super friendly here in El Salvador. It is, it's been sensational. And, you know, 
you know, especially people like me who are sort of addicted to news, of course I've read all the bad things about El Salvador that you don't have to look too hard to find in the, in the newspapers. And, but I must say, those preconceptions that we had about this country that you know, we're really going to have to keep our wits about us, you know, shoot straight through, let's just keep focus and you know, we'll get past this country soon. Well, I want to keep, I want to stay here a bit longer, you know. Yeah. We're really enjoying it. And so these preconceptions that we have, which, you know, to be honest, they happen all the time when you travel. You know, you, you have your little prejudices, I guess, about a country. And then you come and you talk to the people and you see how you know, beautiful and you know, the landscape is. And uh, you start to fall in love with the place. So, But I do think, you know, El Salvador has, you know, something like in August 30 murders a day for the entire month of August. So, yeah, there are some places that you're a bit frightened about, but probably without good reason. But when you have some stats like that, yeah. that's quite daunting. It averages out over the year to be 17 a, 17 a day. We haven't seen one yet. Oh, we saw a dog that was murdered on the side of the road. Aiden, we're not going to see a murder. <laughs> you know, unexpectedly for me, I was I I was so shocked to see that people are even friendlier than in Guatemala. Honestly, they're even friendlier here in El Salvador. You know, we have people just randomly coming up to us to practice their English or to find out about our trip. I mean, sometimes we stop on the road for, you know, just two minutes to catch our breath and straight away someone will come over and ask us where we've come from, where we're going. Yeah, everyone wants to help and tell us that there aren't that many climbs left to do on the route. Which, even though it's a lie. Even though that's a lie, you know. But uh, people, um, yeah, have just been really friendly. Every time we stop, like, for example, today, uh, we're climbing up this hill on the side of a motorway, a horrible, dirty road to get up to here in Santa Tecla. And um, we saw, like, this little driveway where we could just sort of pull into. It had a big big um, iron fence you couldn't see through it and um, but the guy in, on the other side of the fence must have sensed someone had, was on the other side or saw us and he just came out for a chat yeah. you no know, on, on the side of the motorway you no know, one wanted to find out you know where we'd been where we're going and all that yeah. um, it's, it's just really nice isn't it yeah but the most rewarding experience was definitely staying with um, a family which was just last night we stayed with Kike and his brother Salvador and their mother Maritza and um, they welcomed us into their humble home and um, gave us some dinner and uh, put up with our poor Spanish and our stupid questions. We asked them so many ridiculous questions about El Salvador because I personally know nothing about this place. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I only know about all the bad news. I want to find out, you know, what makes the people tick here. And so yeah, we did sort of bombard them with questions and they were getting out YouTube clips of women yeah. doing traditional dance and what they do for their Semana Santa, their, their Easter parades and things. They oh were, they were, yeah, they must have thought things were quite lame. We're going, what's your national bird? What's your national... <laughs> Are there any indigenous birds here to El Salvador? You know, all, all these really... Um, like nerdy questions. Yeah. And then when they were asking us what our like national tree was, we were like, oh, I don't, national flower. Oh. Yeah, if anyone knows, do, does New Zealand have a national tree? Yeah, it's the, I think it's the Pahutakawa. I think we looked it up, but I still don't know the national flower. Yeah, but I, Pahutakawa's not a native. Isn't it? I, oh, well, I heard a documentary recently where someone was saying that they think Pahutakawa may have come from Galicia in Spain. <gasps> Stop. 
scandalous. I know, so there is, yeah. Why would you say such a thing? <laughs> but we, um, we, after we sort of asked all these slightly innocuous surface level El Salvador questions, later on in the evening we got to kind of chatting with um, the boys. Salvador. Yeah, in particular Salvador, who's 21 year old. Um, and he was actually sitting there, and I didn't know it at the time, but you did, sitting wearing an, a political t-shirt. Yeah, he's it? wearing, uh, what I did know about El Salvador was the FLMN. Hold on, maybe it's FMLN. It's an acronym of those letters in whatever order. Um, but that was a former revolutionary guerrilla party, and uh, well, uh, organization, but it only became a sanctioned uh, leftist political party from 1992. Oh, okay. And they're actually in government here at the moment. Um, so they've had a sort of series of right-wing governments, and so he's quite, he's obviously he's, he's kind really of politically yeah, assumed. like kind of a switched-on guy, and. Um, one of the things that I, I personally thought was really interesting was when, when we were talking about the indigenous people, um, because first of all, we were talking about archaeological sites here in El Salvador, which I've, I'd never heard of them before. And then we were talking about the pre-Columbian people and things like that. And he was saying that um, here to be referred to as Indio or indigenous is like seen as an insult. Yeah. Um, which is kind of in contrast to Guatemala, where, and you know, he, he was saying here people don't really wear any traditional dress, and we haven't really we haven't seen anyone wearing traditional dress. Whereas in Guatemala, we saw a lot of people, especially women, wearing traditional dress. So that's quite a big difference in this country. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a bit of a genocide that happened. Was it 1930s of indigenous people here in El Salvador, and the stigma has, has sort of still remained. Yeah, it's a um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a real shame. And it was some other sort of cultural um, things we picked up on. There's a real thing here about idolizing the rich. So <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, a big problem in a lot of these countries is litter. You know, people just, a lot of people just throw the rubbish on the ground and they don't really have the resources to sort of pick everything up. I know, so I some cities we were, can be really dirty. We were behind a bus yesterday and I just witnessed someone throw an enormous black bin bag of what looked like... Um, bamboo shoots or something that they corn husks or something that they were finished with and it just flew out of the bus window and just slammed into the side of the road and split open <laughs> yeah so um and the thing is we're sort of why would people want to do that you know their country is so beautiful why would you want to ruin it like that and he said well you know we look to the rich you know if we see a rich person you know with their flash cow wind down the window and throw something out the window uh, and then we, you know, why wouldn't we do the same thing? And it comes from the sort of idolatry that they have uh, for rich people and sort of their aspirational lower middle classes wanting to work up to that. And so the one of the biggest um, sources of income for the economy is remittances, probably mostly from the United States. And so when a remittances, when these remittances come, I think they make up around a quarter of GDP here. So it's a massive hunk of money, and the money doesn't necessarily go into improving your lot, you know, your house and improving your standard of living. A lot of people spend it on material possessions to try and look like they've got money. Yeah, it's sort of a it's a it's a big thing here apparently. Another. I think maybe because Salvador wanted to practice his English, he was telling us some of the stories about kind of um, legends and superstitions and things that exist in El Salvador. And he was saying that the most famous one is the story of this guy, Cipitio. And as he was telling us the story, and he was practicing his English at this point, we both looked at each other and realized that when we'd been at the party in Wayua, we had actually witnessed 
the phenomenon that is sipitio and we didn't know at the time did we <laughs> yeah i mean uh, do i have to do a, i've got a bit of a dodgy throat you may hear <laughs> am i gonna have to do a personation it yes. was sort of like it's the guy sort of singing like that to a big crowd of like really excited onlookers and he's wearing like the most enormous sombrero i've ever seen it's like ridiculously oversized yeah so we and we sort of found out that this is like a big cultural um sensation well it's it's an old story and um i won't go into the detail but basically the character zipitio is um an eight eight-year-old boy traditionally whose feet are back to front and who has a big belly and who likes to eat ash and throw little stones at beautiful girls this is bizarre right Um, so and what happened was a TV series started about Sepetio and how he would um, help uh, El Salvadorian teenagers and children with their problems common problems you know that you know the kind of lame thing I'm talking about and the, the actor who played Sipitio was a guy called Rolando Menendez I think or Merendez and I think that he was actually at the party in Wayua because when I looked him up he was born in Wayua yeah. so I think yeah. we saw celebrity Rolando Sipitio uh, amazing and we didn't even know it <laughs> This is a What's in the Pot live special. It's making a return after a long absence. And uh, since we've been in Central America, I don't think we've done one of these. What we're doing today, we're doing fruit again. I think that's probably the last What's in the Pot we did. Might have been back in Spain. We did a um, uh, uh, something on, uh, what do they call it? Macedonia, what they call fruit salad. Here in Central America, they're a bit more... Um, common sense they call it ensalada de frutas which is uh, welcome now um, so what Shelley did today often we see in the markets all these fruits we don't know what the hell they are so what she's done is she's walked around the market picked up five different fruits and I'm going to sort of open them up and find out what they are and just eat them (laughs) so uh, we'll see if I'll be um, on the toilet after this with uh, drastic runs let's see what Shelley found Jocote de corona. ¿Qué es? Es maracuyá para fresco. Maracuyá. Y granadilla. Granadilla. ¿Qué es? ¿Zapote, señor? Zapote. Ese es carambola. 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 También para fresco. Okay, so carambola. I think this is what they call star fruit, right? And uh, you often see this in uh, smoothies. And so I think uh, when you place it, uh, it's quite a long yellowy thing. And then when you place it horizontally and look look at it from uh, the top end, it looks like a star. So that's why they call it star fruit. You would think it would be called estrella, which is the Spanish word for star, but they call it carambola. That's right. So let's cut this open. Oops, that uh, squeezed out onto the microphone. I mean, I don't even know how to cut and peel these things. I'm just going to just... This think, right? No, I think you're supposed to cut it so it's star-shaped, like long. Oh, like that? Yeah. Oh, so cut it along the star. Okay. <laughs> That's it. And then See? just... Now you're getting little stars. Oh, these are lovely. Oh, I have, this is perfect for children's parties. <laughs> okay, I think because the skin is kind of rubbery and I don't really want to eat that, so... Oh, God. It smells nice. Yeah, it smells very sweet. It's really juicy. Okay, I'm in there, I'm in. <laughs> okay. 
Ooh, eating noises. Okay, report on starfruit. Yeah. Let's leave it in a smoothie. <laughs> it's not got masses of juice. What do you mean? It looks quite juicy to me. Yeah, but it's not like sweet, yummy juice. Oh, okay. Yeah, next one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Hokote de Coronia. Next one up. Uh, nice little red ball thing. I think Coronia is crown, so I guess it's kind of bumpy. It's a ball shape, but it's kind of bumpy on the top, so maybe that's what the crown is. It's going to cut this guy right down the middle. See, oh, he's a bit, he's a bit firm. I'm having a, I'm doing a proper saw job here. That is not. Oh, I, is there a pep in the middle of it? Oh yeah, there'll be a. Oh yeah, okay, well, maybe. Cut round it like an avocado. <laughs> well, these are fruits I've never experienced before, Shelley, so back off. Okay, so I'm just like sliced round. I'm gonna. Oh, God, all the juice is coming out. Oh, God, this is a write off. Okay. I'm peeling this back, right? You are definitely not eating that right. Okay, I just guess I peel it back and. Okay, this is like, in New Zealand we have Fijoas, I think they also have them in Colombia and Argentina here, uh, but this is like a Fijoa with a pip, same sort of texture. Yeah, I don't like the texture. Okay, next. My suspect, I suspect that that's not ripe. Okay. Okay, what have we got next? Maracuya. Now, the other day, uh, when we were at that fancy uh, Guatemalan cafe, the New York-style Guatemalan cafe, I had a maracuya um, smoothie, and I very much liked it, so this is probably going to be quite nice. What do you reckon? It's got a sort of a, it's like a little, like a little small banana. Um, no idea freaking how you eat this. I'm going to slice it long ways. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yum! It opens out and it looks like just like a bloody passion fruit. Does maracuya mean passion fruit? I don't know. I'm gonna eat this one delicately with a spoon. Ooh, yum! This is better than a passion fruit. I mean, look, looks wise. Let's see how it eats. Scoop a little bit of shell out. Mmm, that's nice. It's not as sharp tasting as a passion fruit, um, but the juice is really nice and sweet. And the pips actually go down a bit better than a passion fruit. I'll eat that one again. Okay, next. <laughs> You're making such a mess. Granadilla. Now, this could be like, a, this looks to me like a passion fruit, but it's slightly greener. We're used to passion fruits being sort of purple. This is like a greener, with a bit of red on it. Mm -hmm. um, guess I just slice it open like I did with the passion fruit. Oh, it's, the skin's quite soft. Oh, this is from the passion fruit family for sure. Open up, and but the um, the inside is it's a kind of a very pale colour. They call this. They say it looks like snot. Yeah, that's actually what I was just about to say. That looks disgusting. It does look like snot. Ooh. Well, you know, it's like, let's pretend I'm a six-year-old kid. Big ball of snot, stick it in your mouth. 
That is good. Mm. That's the night finest tasting snot I've ever had. Last one. What's next? Zapote. Now, zapote. It looks to me it's like got that kiwi fruit um, sort of texture skin on the outside, although it's not that hairy. But it's way bigger than a kiwi fruit as well. It's like the size of a soft, uh, like a baseball or something. More oval shaped though. Oh god, how do I eat this? Slice it down through the middle, long ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should just cut a wedge out of this. This knife is brand new. It's not bloody cutting very well. Oh, there's another big pip in here. I think. Let's just take a. A quarter wedge out. I've cut the quarter wedge, but I still have got no idea what it's going to be like inside. Wow! Oh, it's like an avocado, isn't it? But is is that brown? It looks like a bloody brown avocado, brownie red. Okay, I'm going to eat this with a spoon again. Slice, slice it up. Ooh, let's see. Shelly's laughing because of my... Oh, I don't much like that. It's uh, It's got the texture of an avocado. But it's sweet. Ugh. i have a little bit more. See if I can describe it. It's, oh, it's definitely texture of an avocado. It's weird. Oh. I spit that back out. I don't like it. But... <laughs> That wraps up. After a long absence, another What's in the Pot live special. Okay, Baden. Apart from going out to try and find some pupusas for dinner, which, by the way, is my new favourite food, a delicious tortilla that has been filled with beans, cheese, chicken, vegetables, whatever you want, then re-squashed, then re-fried. <gasps> and it's only 50 US cents. Amazing. After that, what are we going to do next? Well, I'm not sure whether we're ever going to be finished on that sort of ultimate aim of looking for pupusas. Yeah. You know, going to those cool places where you buy the pupusas. Do you know what, where you go to buy a pupusa? You tell me. At a pupuseria. <laughs> yeah, pupusas are pretty fun to say and to eat. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> but we don't have much time left for pupusas because once we leave El Salvador, no more pupusas, right? Well... There are there have been rumours uh, within El Salvador that are rumbling amongst the people yeah. that we will actually find pupusas of an inferior variety, but nonetheless pupusas, in Honduras, which is the country we're heading to next. We should be there, I don't know, in a few days or so, and we're going to sort of scoot along the bottom of um, southern Honduras, and that will lead us into Nicaragua. And so, yeah, we're sort of slowly inching our way down the, through this continent of Central America. Well, I think that's our podcast for today. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to know how you are and where you are. So feel free to email us, you at gmail.com. You can go to our blog, howareyouwhereareyou.com. We've got some stuff on there we've written, but also all the rest of our podcasts. We've got a couple of links as well so that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Please post comments. We love getting comments. It makes us feel like people love us. Um, 
thank you as well to Callum Campbell for all the original music in the podcast. If you want to catch Baden online, you can get him on Twitter at Baden C or on Instagram, Baden Cycling. Uh, anything else you want to add there, Bay? Uh, pupusas. <laughs> Catch you next time. Bye.